0: I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host Kim and special guest Jenna Lab. You
1: can register at mathisfigureoutable.com dot com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to
0: the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam and I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing or mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be.
1: Okay, so in this episode, we're going to answer a question you got on Facebook from Diana. And she said, I just want to say I have thoroughly enjoyed your podcast and free learning challenge. So exciting, right? You've opened my eyes to how math could and should be taught to our students. I'd love to hear a podcast of how you'd structure your math block now if you were in a K-12 setting. I know it would look different for each grade, but I'm really thinking of revamping my lessons in August to make more time for kids to talk about math with each other. Thanks for all you do. I teach fifth and sixth grade math students, and you're really so
0: inspiring. What a great message. Awesome. So thanks, Diana. Appreciate that. Um, It's a little later than August when we're answering this, but uh, we did get to it as soon as we could. So fabulous question. What does it look like? And uh, Kim, you know, we've just gotten a message from um, a couple of people, but specifically Tad Watanabe asked about why we only do computation or we sort of talk about computation a lot. And that's kind of been pinging. And then this thing from Diana, and we were like, maybe we should talk about the fact that we don't do just computation, but we do other things and what it would look like. So one of the things that we've mentioned briefly before in the podcast is that we do take what we call a two-third, one-third approach or sometimes yep. maybe a four-fifths, one-fifth or a three-fourths, one-fourth approach. Um, so Cam, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so when I am thinking about my math classroom, I definitely have some things that my school or my principal or my district requires of me, right? I have a scope and sequence sometimes, sometimes not. And so I try to think about what is really important to me as far as splitting up my time to do what was required of me, but also that I could do some of the things that I know is really important for students. And so I really consider the two third, one third was the two thirds is kind of what I have to do, but, but also can be really good stuff. And the one third in, like, in the way that you do it. And the way that you do it. But the yeah. one third is the play time for me. It's the time that like I throw in the things that I know are super great for kids and things that I love to do with kids and and that was kind of a way that I sorted out how, in my mind, I made sense of that time. And sometimes the one-third is separated from the two-thirds, like two different times of the of the day because I was elementary. And sometimes they back up together. But anyway, I, that's how I split my math time.
0: So let's kind of separate that out a little bit because I think okay. you mean a little bit more of content yes. and a little bit less of the way you do stuff. Okay. So you're not saying you do cruddy teaching during the two thirds time. I hope not. (laughs) And you do, and you do the fun stuff during the one third. That's not what you mean. No, no, no. So,
1: so the, (laughs) the standards that might have been, um, the, the scope and sequence that my district handed me and said, right now, during this part of the year, you're supposed to be teaching fractions. And so if it was a fraction time of the year, then in that two thirds time, then I'm working on fractions. And in the one third time I might be doing a whole host of other things, but but I really kept pace with the scope and sequence during the two thirds and filled in other things I knew my kids needed during that one third.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So some of the things that could be long in the two thirds time mm, things, some of the instructional methods that could be long in the two thirds time, while you're doing the content that your scope and sequence is kind of demanding the way that you attack that, uh, content could be things like, Uh, what we call rich tasks, or Mm -hmm. sometimes we call them investigations, or Mm -hmm. sometimes they're open middle tasks or um, low floor, high ceiling tasks. So lots of different names. We actually kind of have particular ways that we like to do rich tasks. So it's not just Mm -hmm. kind of whatever anybody thinks about what a rich task is. And we've talked about that in a couple of other episodes. Maybe we'll put that, that, uh, those episode numbers in the um, show notes. So Rich tasks are definitely happening in that two-thirds time, but also we think about if we're doing that rich task in this time to get at that main content that's served in the scope and sequence. What do we need to have percolating? What what kind of things need mm-hmm. to be bubbling up for students? And so then we think about what kind of instructional routine could we do to help bring up those ideas. Right. Help those things happen. And that, that often is a problem string. Sometimes it's a different instructional routine, but often it's a problem string. We think about what are, what, what needs to be happening, percolating, bur- bubbling up for kids to make the rich tasks successful, not what kids do already need to have cemented and, and for sure, like it's all as like no, just what, what needs to be kind of happening, bubbling, percolating, um, spouting off like sort of pinging around the room. Yeah. Um, so we might do a problem string to get that happening. Then we do the rich task. And as we come out of that rich task with a math congress, we we do sort of solidify some things, but really in a rich task, we envision that kids are are, are struggling there uh, productively, they're grappling, they're in disequilibrium, they're 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 clarifying, they're making sense of things. So as we come out of that rich task, we're just gonna admit that lots of good things were happening, but we mm-hmm. might not have cinched several of those right.
1: things. Right. We may
0: have cinched something in the Congress, um, but chances are not really. Like we we might have mm-hmm. brought some things uh, into more clarity, but we still need to like cinch some things more. And so we might do that following that that rich task with that Congress with um, a problem string to cinch something, sure. or or with another uh, instructional routine. Most often it's a problem string, but there are some other instructional routines out there that could help us kind of cinch some things. And we sort of see that kind of as a flow that happens in that two thirds time. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Then the yeah. Thing? yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes, I missed things. <laughs> oh no. I said, I said I thought you said, said I, d- I, I asked both questions in a row.
1: <laughs> you said both. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did I leave anything
0: out? Did I miss anything? Those are two different. No,
1: no. So the two thirds time, I think what you described is exactly what it looked like for me that that's the the richness of really digging into the content that we're talking about right now and letting kids grapple. It's, it's kind of messy sometimes. And then, and then having really good conversations.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So then what happens in the one third time? Tell us about some of the things that are kind of in this other track.
1: So the one third time, you know, I was thinking about like what are some of my favorite things to do during that time? And some of it, again, is, you know, it's may- maybe not fun, but necessary. And some of it <laughs> is still a little bit of playtime. So in the one third time would have been when I pulled small groups to work on things. Um, I, you know, I've mentioned to you before that I was a firm believer in having kids look back at their work, whether they you know, did really well on something or whether there were some things that they needed to, to be clearer about in their in their notation or something that I looked at it and there wasn't really a lot of evidence of them making sense of something. So almost, you know, it wasn't a huge paper pencil assignment giver, but almost everything that I handed a kid, they came back and and, you know, handed back to them and they analyzed it and then they came back to me and that takes some time. So, you know, small groups, kids looking back at their work, I might pose a "Would you rather." We might do some test formatted practice, right? Because what I taught in test formatted test...
0: practice? Can yeah, I,
1: I taught in test testing grades, and so I wasn't gonna let the the types of questions or the the fact that it was worded in a way that maybe I hadn't had them see before. So you know, there's a little or, bit or of that, or the fact
0: that they had to bubble because they didn't yes. bubble for you oh, for homework. Yes. So you wanted to make sure they na- that you were smart, mm-hmm. you were wise that the test day was not going to be this big shock. It was not oh, going to be like, yeah. what? I've, I've never seen yeah. this before. I've never done yeah. this kind of thing. So you just yeah. get, you gave kids experience. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, it's all about experience, right? Mm-hmm. You gave kids experience with, hey, you you are going to run into items like this, mm-hmm. ways of uh, the, the questions being worded, mm-hmm. uh, the format, the ways mm-hmm. they were going to have to answer. Mm-hmm. All of that made sense. What do I do when I don't s- have a lot of space on my paper? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, you gave you gave experience to students mm-hmm. so that they uh-huh. would be able to better uh jump into uh, a test time and, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and and actually do as well as they could do not being hampered because they didn't have experience yeah. with some of the formatting or something
1: yeah so, so that's uh, one of those maybe not so fun things that i mentioned that we still we still have to do it's still a, a reality for
0: well and i teased testing. you a little bit like really test formatted yeah. but but i i actually completely support the fact that you don't want yeah. your students to be to take that stupid test uh, and have it, um, and, and not be able to do as well as they can for reasons other than math. Like let's get those out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
1: So we might've done, um, you know, if a problem string wasn't on my radar for within the rich task or investigation that we were doing, I might've done a problem string during that one third time. And I think what you mean by that is like some other
0: routines, some other content, right? Like you're thinking, you're thinking, Hey, for this grade level, say you're in fourth grade. I know, I know that students are going to be working on blank all year long. Like we're going to be getting, uh, multiplication to bigger and bigger chunks, getting better at these strategies all year long. So you might have this in your head, this kind of separate track happening of where, even though right now we're in geometry, I'm going to keep this separate track of, uh, multiplying by bigger chunks and strategies happening as you, as you go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. So I just, I just listed a couple of my favorite, which one doesn't belong open middle, uh, guess my number, of course, as close as it gets relational thinking. Um, you know, the, the, Small group, pre and post, like getting kids, you know, if if we're about to do some fraction work, just kind of getting into kids' heads a little bit about what, what do you already know so that I'm not just repeating things. I'm not, I'm not um, tackling things that I know my kids already know and wasting time. So Mm, a whole mm -hmm. host of things in that one third time could be happening
0: and they change. They change regularly. Yeah. And I think this could be true at any grade level that we could kind of have this idea of what are these major things that I know need to happen uh, in my in my subject, my grade level, but aren't maybe in the unit that we're in. But I want to keep that track going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for I'm going to give an example. A thing that I might do all through high school might be some work towards factoring quadratics Mm -hmm. where we just deal with, hey, If I give you these two numbers, what could uh, what pair of factors would multiply to this product, but would also sum to this sum Mm -hmm. and uh, and, and add to this sum? (laughs) Um, And and that we might do that work so that when we actually get to factoring quadratics, students, when we bring the variables in, students are already messing with those number relationships. And so then it uh, it, it sort of slides a little bit easier. Um, And I might do that after we factor quadratics to get kids better at it and keep it alive because I know it's going to be kind of uh, uh, an important thing. It's it will show up in calculus where students need to factor quadratics. And so, you know, that just might be a relationship that a is kind of fun to play with and B Mm -hmm. will want to keep alive um, at other times. So,
1: yeah.
0: So that's kind of the, the, maybe the goal, the overarching thing to keep in mind as you consider, what would be some things that would happen in that one third time? Well, we have a lot of these, instructional routine kinds, types of things. So you could choose from, like you said, um, uh, and maybe I won't repeat them, or maybe I will repeat them. I don't. Problem strings, problem talks, games, which one doesn't belong, open middle, uh, would you rather, as close as it gets, relational thinking, guess my number, like all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But then you say to yourself, "What do I? what's the content to do in yes. those? Ah, yes. these are the major big ideas, big concepts, big trip up things that I, I know we need to start Uh, at the beginning of the year and carry through all through the year um, to keep building and getting students better at.
1: Which, which is such a, in my opinion, a better way of spiraling some ideas that we know we have to give kids experience with instead of just um, buying a a pre-made spiral sheet that they mm-hmm. like have one question on geometry and one question on fractions and one question on addition it, it, you know those those kinds of things where the idea is to give kids experience with lots of different things repeatedly i just mm-hmm. think these are much um a much better instructional routine
0: well and let me dive into that just a little bit because there's some really good programs out there that i think brought that to the forefront for many yes. of us um, yeah. i'll give uh, cpm credit for really helping me think about the fact uh in fact also um Oh, golly, what's that? Uh, Saxon. I mean, uh, which I don't really recommend a whole lot, but they yep. they brought to the forefront for many of us this idea of, whoa, if we kind of spiral this practice, that that could be helpful. Yep. However, the way that Saxon did it, because of the way they taught the original, I'm kind of being a little negative here, but I'm going <laughs> to, the way that they sort of taught the initial stuff was so based on rote memory and that yes. if you could just mimic what the teacher was doing. That what ended up happening was if students were in that mimicking compliant mode that I'll just compliantly mimic what you want, then that spiraled review, spiraled practice over over time worked really well for that particular student. But for anybody who who doesn't learn well that way, it was horrible Mm -hmm. because every time that spiraled practice came back around, they're like, oh, can't do it again. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And it didn't there was nothing to help them have better access to it. Now, I'm actually gonna say I just said it that it was okay for the kid that was compliant and um and was willing to kind of just, you know, mimic and and memorize. But in reality, it's not okay for that kid because it gives you this false sense that what you're okay, define okay. You're you're getting answers and so you're getting grades, but you're not mathematizing. So yeah, yeah, it, it really isn't good for any learner. However, the idea of keeping of building small or starting small and building throughout the entire year so that we keep coming back to these major things we learned that from those uh, folks yeah. and, and and we definitely want to apply it we just think there's a better way to do it which is through those instructional routines that we just mentioned. Sure. Yep. Hey, Kim, I'm wondering that if what might be good, as, as we've been talking, especially as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, I want to give an example here. Oh, I want to okay. give an example there. But I'm aware that we're sort of up against kind of our timeline that we usually have for podcasts. What would you think if we did that in the next podcast episode? Oh, that'd if be we'll great. Give some, we'll give some examples. Uh, maybe we'll choose, you know, like uh, major grades kind of along the span, K-12. Okay. We'll give you some examples of what it could look like. Be great. Maybe Yeah. Let's do it. Fabulous. Cool. So y'all at this time of the year, we want to let you know that there are some things happening that don't happen all that often. Y'all, if you're interested to learn more in depth, what this could look like on the ground help for teaching figureoutable math. Well, check out our online workshops because registration has just opened. If I may, I'll tell you just a little bit about it. We've got Building Edition for Young Learners. That's for pre-K through second grade teachers where we really dive into that young learning. What does it take to help students develop counting into counting strategies, into uh, additive reasoning? So if you teach young students, our Building Edition for Young Learners is fabulous. If you teach older students, Building Powerful Multiplication for grades three and up really helps you develop the major models and strategies for multiplication. And also looking back, how do you develop multiplication with young learners? But then we go clear into what does it look like to really multiplicatively reason in the high school. Uh, Building powerful division does the same thing for division for grades three and up. Building powerful proportional reasoning, middle grades teachers, you really wanna be looking at how can we help develop reasoning, not just solving proportions, answer getting. And also in the high school, we've got building powerful linear functions, BAM is just coming out. We are just launching our first high school workshop. Great for eighth grade on up all about linear functions where we take students from really not knowing very much at all about linear functions (laughs) to writing the equation of a line from no rote memory in about 15 tasks. Yeah. And I'm y'all I'm so excited for this to launch because it might be my best work yet. Um, As We've been creating it and getting it ready and it's coming out. I'm just, I cannot wait for the world to see building powerful linear functions. So if you teach eighth grade and up, head on into that one, check out registration. So excited. And you know what? There's so many great workshops and registration
1: only opens three times a year. And this is one of those times it's just in time for the school year to start for many of us. So you'll want to check out com slash workshops, or we'll have the link in the show notes for information and to register.
0: So thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register
1: for our free challenge at maththisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central.